Hello and welcome to My Sclerosis, the podcast devoted to talking about all things related to multiple sclerosis. I'm your co-host, Sanjeev Shetty. Across from me is... The other co-host, Raphael Clays. Let's just call you Raph. This one. Okay, yeah. now, I try this every time we do this, right? And I want you to play along with me on this. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. What have you, what have you been up to? I think people want to know, because... People could find out a little bit about me because I'm on Twitter and, you know, I've written the odd book and everything. Whereas you're a bit of a closed book on this podcast, Raph. And let's be honest, you do like to talk. So what things have you been doing? You've just done a week of work experience at the local business. Well, local from where we are. Mustard. It was a fun time. And I believe I got a lot of life skills from it. Such as? Uh, I learned how to cook various dishes, such as a cheesecake, and I learned how to fry and grill halloumi efficiently. Which is a good thing, because you quite like halloumi fries, don't you? Yeah, I do love them. Uh, it's been so long that I think since the last time we spoke, or maybe I, I think your football team, something special has happened to your football team, haven't they? I do believe the last time we spoke, my team was still in the rush for promotion. Or something. Just tell everyone who your football team is, Raph. My team are Norwich City, a team who last season played in the English Championship and recently won promotion to the first league of English football. Okay, alright. <clears throat> Thanks for that. Let's move on to business. Right, so on this episode, because it's been quite, it's been about two months since we've done a podcast of any sort, uh, and we thought about what are we going to do, and just to let people know, this Thursday, I'm going to a place in England to interview a fellow MS sufferer called Donna Nahal about her experiences with MS. She was diagnosed with it when she was 17. See, I'm quite fortunate, I suppose. I was diagnosed when I was 33, I'm going to say 33. Um, and, I, yeah, I had a bit of time, but 17. But anyway, so on this one, we're going to talk about treatments. Now, as we know, or maybe we don't know, MS at the moment hasn't got a specific cure. We really don't know. We're not even close, I don't think, to curing it. But there are treatments. And I think, from what I ascertain, um, if you're diagnosed and you take treatment straight away and it works, I think you can go symptom-free for quite a while. I didn't take any treatments. Um, my backstory is I've only ever tried one treatment. And that was when I started to lose the vision in my left eye. So they put me on a course of steroids. And this was seven years, maybe eight years after I'd been diagnosed. What were those steroids? I wish I could tell you. <laughs> but they're, they're, I think they're a version of... Beta interferons, which is the standard uh, kind of steroid that people take when they've got MS, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, But they tried that on me back in 2012, I'd say, round about May, probably May 2012. Uh, They put me on a drip for a day and a half to put these steroids into me, and I can tell you the exact benefit I got from it. I was very itchy. For about 
two or three days. I would and I was doing overnights then, right? And I would just be at work. Uh, I was presenting then on BBC World Television, and would just start scratching furiously. And the producer next to me would say, "Are you all right?" I'd be like. Yeah, I am all right. I'm just very itchy. Like, do, you want, do you want me to scratch you? No, it's all right. I can do it myself. It's all right. I can do this bit myself. Uh, so that was it. Um, and I think it's basically it's a, it's a yes or no kind of thing with treatments and especially with steroids. If it doesn't work, let's not try it again. So we haven't tried it since. Uh, back in 2014 when I had my next serious relapse, uh, I, there wasn't treatment so much as... They gave me some beta histine, which is supposed to help you with your vertigo. Not much wrong with that. And also some, what I'd call, I think it was Tegretor, which I gave the unofficial name of brain scrambling drugs. Mm. I remember used to, I used to take them and used to, I could feel my head moving, thinking, I don't like this. It would make me very emotional. Mm. I think I'd start crying at the 18. And you really don't want that, do you? <laughs> that joke was just for you, Raph. Honestly, you've got no idea what that really means, have you? Anyway, so tell me, you've looked up some treatments, right? So tell me about the first treatment that you've looked up. And by the way, right, for future episodes, hopefully we're trying, we're going to try and entice our neighbour, Anne-Marie, who is a fellow MS sufferer who's tried everything. And maybe she can give us more of an idea of what these kind of treatments do and what the side effects, the good ones, the bad ones, blah, blah, blah. So my first piece of research was on beta interferons. Now, can I just stop there? Just, just, because interfer- I know you're just about to get into your flow. Well, interfere. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, any people out there who occasionally, like myself, might watch the West Wing, will be familiar with the president there, uh, Josiah Bartler, who has MS, and his treatment was beta interferons. And you can take that dose as prescribed by the doctor, but carry on. This is, according to Wikipedia, a cytokine or kine in the interferon family used to treat multiple sclerosis. It is produced by mammalian cells, while interferon beta 1b is produced in modified E. coli. These have been claimed to produce a 18 to 38% reduction in the rate of MS relapses. Uh, I think that, that's the key, isn't it? That when we talk about these treatments, none of them are saying they'll cure you. No. What they're basically saying is, if, say, for instance, you are relapsing, remitting, and you find that you are relapsing more than remitting, then say maybe beta interferons are the way to go for you. If you find that once you take it, that might mean that you have fewer relapses. Um, some side effects can be irritation or bruises. Injection uh, can have cutaneous necrosis, which is a lot of skin death around the... Cutanes. Maybe that was the itchiness then. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, possibly. I thought, yeah. Uh, skin reactions are very common. Um, skin reactions are more common in women, though. Okay. And there's no real risk with any, like, pregnancy or, well, 
not that that's relevant to you, but it is relevant <laughs> to the audience. Yeah. And there's no genuine problem with it as a drug. It can just sco- cause a lot of skin reactions and may not work. Right, I mean, that's the thing. That's the key. And uh, th- so this has always been my reason for being, how should we say, sceptical about treatments is that if you're going to say to me, I've got this treatment and it's going to help you, I want to know, is it definitely going to help me? And if you say yes, then I'll take any kind of irritation, blah, blah, blah. But if it's basically, well, it might help you, but there's going to be some awkward side effects. and that, So we're going to go through a lot of treatments today and the side effects aren't pretty. Yeah. But anyway, that is the most common one, isn't it? Yeah. Beta interference. Right, so we've done that. Jing jing. Just as a personal experience of some drugs maybe not having the des- destinated effect, Yeah. I was recently, actually I still am, on some medication for my acne called trimethoprim. Right. If I think correctly. And from having a lot of them, I started feeling very sick. I started getting quite nauseous and spending a lot of time in in between consciousness. I mean, you were even more irritating than normally are, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. and that's difficult. I... Just a little in-family joke there, yeah, people. Yeah. Just thought I'd give that to you. And it didn't help with my acne because I'm still quite spotty. So, basically, don't believe everything that drugs say with side effects. I don't believe that they'll always work. They can just be treatments that have had that effect some point. Like, beta interferons may have stopped relapses for a bit, but then given someone a bruise bigger than the Titanic on their back. So don't think that it's going to cure your relapses if you start taking it, because it probably won't. On to the next drug, which is Siponimod. I think. Okay. Or Siponimod. I mean, this is one that is not, you know, much... That I don't know much about this one. Nor do I. That's, Come on, Dr. Rath. That's why I've looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's marketed under the trade name Mazent, although that could possibly only be in America. Okay. It's a selective sphingosine 1-phosphate receptor for oral use, which is used to treat multiple sclerosis. It's a once-daily oral administration, and the medical uses treat progressive multiple sclerosis, or SPMS, Mm -hmm. which is the neurological decline of multiple sclerosis. It decreases the risk and disability, the risk of disability and MS relapses. The possible adverse effects of this were headaches, high blood pressure, and liver function abnormalities. I mean, that all sounds fairly grim, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Or you just carry on like I do, which is, you know, using a walking stick. But anyway, I'm going to tell you some things that I've been trying recently that might help. But anyway, that's that's an interesting one, which I don't think I'm going to say yes to Dr. Rog or my other potential doctor... And let's not laugh about his surname. We'll carry on. 
That would be another joke. But, you know, we've got to be careful here, haven't we, Raf? Yeah, Leg- don't want to be too le- le- Legally, we're unsafe here. We're unsure about where we're going on this one. Um, but, yeah, all right. So we, we've crossed that one off my list. By the way, but I'm just saying this for me, right? Some people will try everything. Like I said about Anne Marie next door, she tries everything. Ever since she was diagnosed, she's tried every single different type of treatment. We couldn't, we haven't got enough time. You know, these podcasts are 20 minutes plus. We're not going to go into all her treatments, but these so far are two. Uh, and I've sampled one of them ish. All right, carry on. There are three more that I've researched. It is Copaxone. Right, now that's the one I do know about. Yeah, carry on. Uh, and the other two are stem cells and goat serum. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll start with, we'll, we'll stay with Copaxone, which is one they offer you. I think it's quite a solid bulk of treatment, isn't it? And then we'll see if it works kind of thing. But carry on. It's also known as glatirama acetate. I don't think people call it that very much to themselves, do they? No, I think Copaxone is a lot easier. Yeah. It's a, oh my God, these are a lot of big words. It's an immunomodulator medication currently used to treat multiple sclerosis. God, what a surprise. It's approved in the United States to reduce the frequency of relapses, but not for reducing the progression of disability. Um, So basically what you're saying is, if I've got MS and I'm already in a wheelchair, someone to get me out of the wheelchair. No. No. It's a self-injecting one, and it's used to treat your type of MS, which is relapsing remitting. I mean, it does relapse a lot, and I've got to be honest. I've got to tell you. Uh, oh, I ain't getting much remitting. <laughs> oh dear, sorry. Sorry, I had to share that one. It's either daily or three times a week that you inject yourself. To reduce the number and severity of relapses. Okay. But probably if you inject it daily, then you're having quite a lot of relapses. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, its effects on the body are... It's very similar to the protein called myelin. Ah. Yeah. And what is myelin? That's not a school test because you've done all the school tests for the year. Yeah. Do you want me to tell you what myelin is? Yes, please. So myelin is that coating on the on the on your cells, which protects you against the things that are breaking it up and exposing your cells, so that your or your nerves, which means that you get MS. So MS is basically the breakdown of myelin. So we need. I need myelin. Give me myelin. Myelin. So how do I get myelin again? Tell me. You take copaxone. Okay, that's the, that's what I want. That's what I need. Okay. Or at least a substitute myelin. Exactly, exactly. That's what you need. I cannot find right now any like bad si- <laughs> side effects. <laughs> Sound like I had a mess for a second. So now I'm going to look at stem cells. Right, okay. So uh, stem cells are... Now, this is something I actually oh, This is a pioneering research, this is. Stem cells are a single unspecialised, I think, if that's a word, cell that can replicate itself or differentiate into many cell types, such as nerve cells, skin cells, blood cells, any cell, pretty much. Uh, Stem cell therapy 
is any treatment that uses or targets stem cells. It's bloody expensive. <laughs> um, there are a lot of different types of stem cells and they take a lot to say. I just cannot be bothered. There's hematopoietic. So I think I think I think I think stem cell treatment. It's quite. It's got Expensive. a lot of publicity recently, and uh, a lot of high profile high profile people who've got MS have tried it, uh, and I think that the results on this are not conclusive. Certainly, they did programs on it on TV two or three years ago. I think Panorama did some specials. And they would show that some people had tried it and they were not so much cured, but significantly improved by trying it. But it is very, 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 very harsh on your body. It puts you, during the, the time of you doing it, it puts you not at risk so much as it makes you really weak. It's essentially like trying to be treated for cancer. And... If you fancy taking yourself out of the general population for a few months, then you know, by all means do it. And if you've got a few quid to spare, then by all means do it. But again, uh, and I'm very fortunate that my in-laws, your uh, grandparents, have offered to pay for that treatment for me. But it is not for me at this stage because I don't think that the potential benefits outweigh the possible negative side effects. Am I right or am I wrong? Or is that a question that only I can answer, Raphael? Well, I don't think... I first named you then. I don't think I'd want to... Even though you can be annoying sometimes, I don't think I'd want to lose you. Just just sometimes? (laughs) I don't think I'd want to lose you for the amount of time that it takes for you to have this treatment. It's quite a few weeks, isn't it? It's quite a few weeks. And it would be difficult on mum to just care for me and my brother alone and of course there might not be any more podcasts I mean that surely is the most serious consequence of me doing stem cell treatment obviously I mean, the 37 people that listen to podcast <laughs> number one would definitely go slightly miserable anyway right so, and so we've now just got goat serum left is that right? Uh, I do think so yeah Goat serum is a low-cost alternative to FBS, which is fetal bovine serum. Don't know how useful that is. Goat serum MS. Ooh, for okay. multiple... Do you know what? Do you know what? Right. We, we can. All I'll say is that goat serum. Or it uh, stops progressive MS. Yeah, yeah. It, this was uh, a big thing in about two thousand and five, two thousand and six, as I remember. I'll tell you who were really, really strong behind it: the Daily Mail, that wonderful newspaper. Uh, what were you laughing about? Um, and they were really, really strongly behind it, uh, but I don't think much has come of it since. And the problem you've got there is how many goats are there in the world? Right. My news, we've done treatments for now, but if we find any more out, trust me when I tell you that 
my sclerosis will be all over any future treatments that are offered. All over. Yeah, we will, we will extensively research it and tell you more than you knew before you listened to this one. Trust me, we'll be on it like a car bonnet. Thank you. That's, you've nicked that from me. Um, what I was going to say was, so one of the benefits of doing this podcast, uh, apart from in trying to inform people, is it's made people get in touch with me. So I got a mystery tweet from a doctor who specialised in making people go symptom-free with MS. Uh, he was offering me uh, the chance to buy his book, which I haven't done, but um, he sent me this note of a list of things, and one of them was a TED Talk from this woman who had MS, and she was diagnosed it 27 years ago, and hers got progressively worse, and she said, well, I, I think I can, I'll, I'll try and make myself symptom-free. So she changed her diet. Uh, I don't know what her diet was before, but she started eating lots of berries, lots of fruit, kale, lots of smoothies. And from needing two walking sticks, she started being able to do bike rides and stuff. And I think she claims now that I think she's close to being symptom-free. So I have been inspired by this lady, and I have changed my diet, got rid of the chocolate... Got rid of the sweets. Got rid of the crisps. <laughs> I mean, if you think that the hardest thing I think I've ever had to do was basically give up smoking. And and I have occasionally succumbed to having the odd cigarette in the last year or so, but... Champions League final? Well, yeah. Uh, no cigars that night. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Uh, but, so, there's no sweets, no chocolates, no crisps really anymore. Uh, no red meat anymore. Uh, and apparently what this lady talked about, and we'll, again, we'll try and do this um, in more detail in future, in future podcasts, is it, it's a talk about mitochondria inside your body and how that can help you fight off MS. By the way, mitochondria, for people that don't know, are small organelles inside animal cells that do protein synthesis proteins which can function like copaxone as substitutes for myelin ref that's why i invited you onto this podcast and that's not not so much invited that's why i wanted you to be the co-host of this podcast basically that's my science gcs there you are you've done it i mean i'll you know I'll give you 50 quid for that next year. So we'll do more on this in future podcasts. Uh, but I think we've probably... That's 23 minutes. So I think we've probably reached natural end. But of course, before we go, how do you get in touch with us? Raf, your email address. Uh, it's now mwetlegs at icloud.com. I'm going to get a more professional one soon. Uh, Could you just spell that out for people? So that's... M W E T L E G S at iCloud, which is I C L O U D dot com. Just in case you're wondering, MC Wetlegs was his rap star name. Yeah. It's not dead yet. You can get in touch with me via my email address. I've got a few, but I'll just give you the one. It's Sanj Red, that's S A N J I E D, at iCloud dot com. That's Sanj Red at iCloud dot com. 
Or you can tweet me, and I'm at Sanj Writer. That's S-A-N-J, big W, R-I-T-E-R. That's about it. Yeah, that is about it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back, we'll be back soon. Uh, although the next one, Raph, you might not be on it. Just thought I'd let you know. A tragedy for our listeners. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'll be speaking to Donna Nahal, as I spoke to, as I said to you earlier, about her MS experiences. But for now, on behalf of Raph Glaze, that's goodbye from me. And that's goodbye from me. <laughs>